0: Welcome back to another episode of the NC Fit Insider Podcast. My name's Lindsay, and today I'm sitting down with Adam Salcedo, who is a mindset coach and expert. He's been part of the NC Fit team for, man, since the beginning now, and initially came on board to help Jason prepare for the CrossFit Games. Since then, Adam has transitioned his title a bit and now works with our team as a whole, sitting down with coaches, head coaches, and operators to make sure that we're operating from the same mission and values as the rest of the team adam is a wealth of knowledge and such an incredible guy i'm super excited for you guys to hear how you can take what we did well in 2019 use january as a time to reflect on it and how to take those same strengths and stride into 2020 with a vengeance as always if you or someone you know would be a great fit for the show please do not hesitate to reach out i'd love to get you on the mic email me at lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, at nc.fit. As always, I'm really excited for you guys to hear this one and enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome back to the NC Fit Insider Podcast. I'm sitting down with mindset coach, Adam Saucedo.
1: Hello, welcome. Hi, welcome,
0: thanks for being on the show today. Appreciate that. So, um, Adam is a longtime friend he has been part of the NC Fit community for how many years now? It's Going on 10. Awesome. So from the beginning, really. Um and he is here to kind of help shed some light on intentions to set for the new year, how to integrate those. And, and before we really get into that, talk about how he's helped our team and, and everything we've got going on here. So I will not do any more introing him and kind of let him tell his story. Um, what got you involved within CFIT?
1: So yeah, thank you so much, first of all, for having me on. Totally. Um, so I think that the first place that we have to start is my work with Jason. So I was Jason's mindset coach as he was preparing for the various competitions within CrossFit leading up to the games each year. Um, We met back in, I think, late December of 2010 and then really started to work towards that first CrossFit Games in 2011. So it's been a long haul um, getting to know Jason and obviously seeing his company grow over the years. So because of that, my role has changed over the years in terms of being able to help support his needs and so as, as a athlete, it obviously is not just solely the focus that I work on with him. We look at different areas of his life just to make sure that he was at his best in all the domains that he had to perform in. So I got to learn a little bit more about the business, got to learn a little bit more about his family. And so because of that, it really just helped me help him be at his best for really helping this shape this company.
0: Great. And how has that role evolved with now? You work a lot with our coaches' development staff, our head coaches, our programming, things within the NC Fit Collective. Um, what does that evolution look like?
1: Yeah, so it's been a little bit different over the years, but it's really this past year has really been focused on coaching development, leadership development. But I've been here just to help you know, in the moment when things necessarily go awry, or sometimes when you know we're able to just understand that we have a growth potential, how do we start to be proactive with the steps to be able to make sure that we integrate the work appropriately, and then being able to then actually see that uh, to fruition.
0: Awesome. What are some of the, you talk about kind of putting out the fires or right when you're in it, um, you know, kind of helping that situation out. What are some of the steps you take in that situation?
1: Well, in, they're very unique. Right. So, you know, being able to, first of all, identify what are the challenging areas um well, it could be communication. It could be things going on within, you know, the actual uh, client's experience. So, being able just to identify what are the current needs for this change, and then being able to create some concrete steps, not only at the coaching level, but also, you know, at the at the back office side, and being able to make sure that they understand how to support these coaches in their own development.
0: Absolutely. How I know you said that when working with Jason individually, it was a very holistic approach. It Mm -hmm. sounds like you were looking at business, fitness, family, everything that makes up the whole individual. So how does that change when now you're working with a team? with all coming from different experiences and how do you integrate that holistically?
1: Yeah, so being able to recognize that we wanna have every person own their voice in that whatever team meeting, group session, being able to have that person feel confident that they can be able to speak their truth. So for me, it's being able to have an understanding that each person has a perspective that's valuable. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that we facilitate a space where everyone feels comfortable sharing their thoughts without the worry of judgment and so that I allow that space to really occur through the way that I set that session up. Okay. So making sure that everyone's on the same page in terms of expectations, understanding how to be able to get the most out of those, those meetings, we really set that tone before we even start the work. So for me, it's all about that intentionality when we start working in a group session, because at the end of the day, everyone has their own perspective. So we want to make sure that it's not overshadowed or we feel like it's not um, as valuable, because maybe they haven't been with the company as long. But being able able to understand that everyone's unique background has really helped shape them to be the person that they are. So we want to make sure we have these outside perspectives or new perspectives because sometimes we can be all, you know, sipping the same Kool-Aid. So we want to make sure that we have some outside perspectives to be able just to help bring in that fresh energy and maybe even just some fresh ideas as well.
0: Right. So how do you go about setting that container? I know there's a big difference between telling somebody, hey, we want a judgment-free zone, mm-hmm. but are there any grounding exercises or team exercises that you put people through to really set that intention?
1: Well, what's been so uh, amazing about this community, especially, is that I've been afforded the opportunity to meet a lot of the individuals that make up this community. So because I have that established relationship with these you know, team members, mm-hmm. it helps me be able to then get them right back into that type of mode of being able to focus on their own, um, I guess understanding of themselves, Mm -hmm. and then being able to then relay that to the team. So because they do that in an individual session with myself, they can feel much more comfortable being able to then bring that same level of comfort into a a team session,
0: right? The group dynamic.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that
0: rapport is so big. And I think that rapport is something that really helps a company's culture thrive. Yes. If you have people showing up as their authentic selves, that's when you know, the best ideas are made. Exactly, And I think that it, it overpours into our communities, especially when the thought leaders and the head coaches and, and the back office has this trickle down effect of leading from, from that space.
1: Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I've definitely seen that change over time. I mean, it's just been so amazing to be a part of this whole process from, you know, the humble beginnings to where it is today. You know, it's been amazing just to see the growth of this company and the individuals that have made up this company. So I can definitely feel proud that I've been able to have a a role in shaping this culture. And it's been really something that I, I hang my hat on.
0: Right. So outside of NC Fit, you also work with individuals. You work with collegiate sports teams, Mm -hmm. um, big businesses, right? How... How does that look? Like, what does that operation look like?
1: Yeah, so what I first of all look at my client as a human performer. So being able to identify what are their performance needs and how are they going to be able to max out each day to be able to then maintain momentum and improvement. So for me, it doesn't matter what your performance looks like. It's about being able to identify what those needs are and then to be able to have a plan of action to be able to daily Uh, work towards that. So it doesn't matter if it's a, a CEO or if it's a collegiate athlete or even just my weekend warriors that I work with here in the Bay Area, you know, being able to identify what are those intentions and set some concrete goals and focuses and then really allow that person to start maturing through that performance development. So I always see, especially in the fitness world, I always see fitness as an opportunity for personal development. And so if we can be able to use these moments in the gym to be able to learn about ourselves, how we operate at our best, we can start to then use some of that information to be able to take into other areas of our life and start to maybe connect the dots. If I'm a high performer in one area, how can I start to be a high performer in other areas? Obviously, you have those skill sets. It's just a matter of being able to maybe um, kind of tease them out a little bit more or even just understand that you can be creative in the application of some of those skill sets.
0: Absolutely. Can you tell me a little more about that? How, how do you identify your strengths? Um, we'll use the gym setting because I mm-hmm. think a lot of our listeners can, can totally relate to that. Definitely. How do you identify your strengths? Um, and on the flip side of that, maybe identify your weaknesses and know how to work with them.
1: Mm-hmm. And so I think what you just, how you just framed it is exactly how I would uh, really teach one of my clients. And so we always want to start with the positives before we start looking at the negatives. Right. And so it's, it's easy for us to be the, our biggest critic and to kind of nitpick at the things that we need to get better at. But for me, it's a matter of being able to establish a new way of being able to learn about ourselves. And the one thing that we want to be able to identify and own is our strengths. And so we only are the person who can be able to identify that. And so we have to be able to have a really clear understanding, a strong awareness of what we do at our best. And sometimes it can be challenging, maybe name those things or describe them, but we want to be able to start monitoring. And if we can be able to have that self monitoring and then allow us to be able to just to gain more insight about ourselves, Mm -hmm. then we can be more confident in their ability to be able to own that as an actual strength.
0: Totally. I think that, you know, one of the things that was a big illuminating moment for me was when I would look at a workout, what workout psyched me up? Mm -hmm. And those workouts were like, quote unquote, wheelhouse workouts, right? And so for for people just kind of dabbling in this and and really kind of, I know I struggled for a long time owning strengths. It's almost harder to own a strength than a weakness in my experience. Um, That was the first kind of aha moment for me. was like, wait, you have this wheelhouse workout that's showing up in your face. What about that makes it a wheelhouse, mm-hmm. right? Are you really good at double unders? Do you really love power cleans? Whatever these different things are, those are highlighting some of those strikes.
1: Definitely. And then to be able to then use that energy and really that excitement that you're generating because you're, you're able to know that you can do this at a really high level, that is something that is repeatable with other areas that maybe right now are currently underdeveloped. So we want to make sure that we understand what is that path for success. And if maybe getting yourself psyched up for whatever that performance is, something that works for you, well, we need to be able to find a way to then psych ourselves up in other situations that we're not as confident in, because obviously that is a route for success. And we want to make sure that at least in the beginning, sometimes we're going to have to fake it till we make it. And we have to be able to project that confidence, even in moments where we're not sure what the result might be.
0: And I think that takes a big level of mindfulness to really tune into what am I doing before this workout that I'm, you know, projected to be successful in. You can stop me if I'm wrong here, but, you know, can I take those same rituals, those same kind of psych myself up moments and... And transpose them into maybe a situation that I'm a little bit anxious about or have perceived, you know, failures or or weaknesses in.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so true. Being able to then use that information to your advantage. So to be able to identify, what am I doing uh, in terms of actions before my workout? What am I saying to myself? What am I what am I visualizing before that workout? Because all of those things are going to allow us to then create some sort of c- consistent routine that we can then plug into any situation, whether it's a wheelhouse workout, or it's one of your cha- most challenging movements uh, sh- showing up on that workout. Being able to understand, though, that if I stay consistent, I can then at least give myself the best opportunity for success.
0: Right. We were kind of talking about that before the show of, can I stay my lane? Can yes. I play my game even when I'm put in a container or an atmosphere that isn't conducive to the game I typically play? Mm-hmm. So is there something that you do with clients that helps them harvest that and hang on to that even in those, those tension field moments?
1: Definitely. So the first thing, especially it connects with mindfulness, but being able to find your breath. Being able to understand that that's always the present moment. If we follow it in the nose, out through the mouth, that already gets you back into the present moment. So being able to really harness the power of our breath intentionally, not just the the unconscious breathing that we do every single day, but really deliberately using our breath to be able to regulate the way that we're thinking, regulate the way that we're feeling in that moment. That's a powerful tool that we can always condition. And it really doesn't take much effort to be able to make that a conditioned skill. It just really just is caused by repetition and consistency to be able to make that a skill set that you can actually use in the heat of the moment when we're nervous. And the thing is, if we can use it here in the gym, We're going to be able to now really encode that within our own system to be able to then use it in other areas of our life, especially like a big presentation or something going on in the family life that's challenging. Being able to understand that you always can come back to the breath and create that centered space for yourself is a powerful tool to have.
0: I love that. It's almost like we get practice every day to Jason talks about earned confidence, right? We get to earn the confidence or sharpen the sword or hone the skill of what it's like to come back to the breath every day that we're in the gym Yes, and and be able to really carry that over like you were saying. So what, outside of the breath, um, what other tools do you find effective for helping people kind of quiet
1: the noise. Mm-hmm. So being able to have some sort of statement that really resonates with you mm-hmm. is, is critical. So whether that's a mantra or an affirmation that we can use, a mantra is a statement that we can repeat over and over again, something that's really going to allow us to start instilling some confidence in ourselves because it's a, a true statement, something that we cannot deny from ourselves. And then uh, an affirmation is an I statement. So it can be like an I am or I can or an I will statement, mm-hmm. something once again that you know is undeniable, something that when you repeat to yourself, you're not speaking to yourself with that level of influence and confidence necessary to actually move your, your focus into a much more positive state. So being able to identify what you can say to yourself that's really going to maybe psych you up or get yourself prepared, or even just to recognize that if you have the intention that I'm going to push through the challenges that are in front of me, you've already set that path for yourself that when that challenge occurs, you already know what you want to say to yourself and how do you want to perform in that moment. So we really want to make sure that we're setting ourselves up for success by just having that that um pathway already set for ourselves by making sure that we're repeating the things that we want to actually do in the moment prior to that event occurring.
0: One thing I really want to highlight about that is the point you bring up about making it undeniably true. Yes. Cuz I know when I've tried affirmations or mantras, it's kind of clumsy. I don't know um, if a lot of your clients have that experience, but, you know, I try to look in the mirror and I'd say it out loud and I'd check around to see if anyone was, could hear me or was watching, you know? So, um, and I think some of that is because it, it felt a little forced. Right. This is what it's supposed to be. This is what it should sound like. Um, so I think really taking the time to sit down and get clear on what is true for me mm-hmm. would would really help in kind of keeping those, those judgments at bay.
1: Exactly. And that's why the beginning of this year, 2020, starting right now is a perfect opportunity for us to to slow down for a second with all the hustle and bustle of the holidays. It's hard for us to really create that space. So obviously I'm sure at this point in the year, we've created some resolutions or commitments or goals, but the one thing that I want to make sure that my, my listeners understand is the fact that, you know, we have to be able to create a space so that you can be able to then identify how to integrate a lot of the learning thing, learning tools or learning aspects from 2019 so that we do not repeat them in 2020. So to be able to have that dedicated space where we're actually writing down some things, whether it's your your wins for that year, your highlights for 2019, what were things that maybe were challenged you throughout 2019 and did you overcome those things? And then the last thing I always ask my clients to think about is has their definition of success been shaped by their experiences? Has it changed? Has it evolved over the last year? Because we want to make sure that we understand what that definition looks like as we head into 2020. Because if it's changed, we want to make sure that then our resolutions or our goals are now in alignment with whatever that definition for success is. So we want to make sure that you have that understanding that it's obviously been born out of experience. This is not something that's you know just comes out of nowhere. We've gone through these experiences for a reason, to learn about ourselves, and hopefully to be able to be better in the future.
0: I think that's huge. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about before of focusing on the success before focusing on the weakness. And there is, like you said, so much to learn from, from our experience. And there's a reason we experienced what we did. Yes. I think that all too often there is this frame of new year, new me, right? I have to change all of these things. But what I hear from you is that, no, like, Let's keep the same you. Mm -hmm. Let's find out what was successful about you and capitalize on that. Really have a time to, you know, using the new year as a time to reflect as opposed to a time to like, project into the future.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily that it has to be a new you. It's just a more evolved or more enhanced, uh, someone who has a better self-awareness about themselves because of the experiences they've gone through. So we have to understand that that is such a valuable information pool to be able to draw from is just your own experience. And so many times we minimize it or we diminish it because we're already in the new year now. Oh, it happened last year. It's in the past. Don't worry about it anymore. But before we start throwing that out the window completely, let's make sure we extract as much benefits that we can, all that information that's going to be valuable, our highlights, our wins, our, our, our big challenges, and how we were able to overcome those, if so. And if we are not, if we're currently going through certain challenges, understanding that you're still that much closer to being able to overcome it because you're continuing to process it and think about it and even, even become more creative in terms of being able to attack it.
0: So you'd mentioned, um, earlier, you know, journaling or getting quiet and, and letting those things come in is journaling kind of the main source of reflection you use, or are there other tools that people
1: can use? Yeah. Journaling is my main focus for reflection it's really an easy way for us to be able just to think about ourselves whether it's in the beginning of the day or the end of our day with just the space that's dedicated for that action so to be able to know that even though maybe we are reflecting throughout the day are we actually you know actually using that information and actually taking it into the next experience or are we actually just you know kind of using it and then brushing it off mm. so we want to make sure that if we're doing too many things at once things are going to slip through the cracks. Even if you make that, that inference or you make that connection for yourself, oh, next time I should do this. If we haven't really written it down, it's not become real for us. And so at the end of the day, if we write it down, now it's a concrete record that we can even use in the future if we want to go back and learn, okay, what can I do to avoid this challenge in the future? Mm-hmm or even just to look back and say, wow, I can't believe how much progress I've made. This was a challenge of mine over a month ago, and look how far I've grown in one month because of my level of awareness. Right. So to be able just to understand that it's one thing to think about it, but it's another thing to write it down. It just makes your words and everything so much more real. It's sometimes easy for things to get jumbled in our mind when it's just, there's a lot of things going in our, in our, in our focus. And we have to understand, we live in a very distracted age. OK, so we have to be able to be willing to create that space, create some quiet time for ourselves because no one's really going to do that for us. Right. So unless we do that actively for ourselves, that space is not going to be something that's possible. So we want to make sure that's something that at least going into 2020. If you haven't really experienced that before, let's start experimenting. Let's see if maybe right now, w- once a week. Can we just have on a Sunday, you're doing your reflection for the week and you're really giving yourself an opportunity to learn from your, from your experiences and then really take that information and, and be excited about how you can use that going into the following week. So that's something that we can start really small. Mm-hmm. You can even start with, you know, being able to, to have some sort of space, whether it's at the end of your day for just thinking about it right now. Okay. And then maybe we're going to get to the next level, which is writing it down, but self-awareness comes through self-reflection. So we do need to start just thinking a little bit more deeply. And then once again, going through this pattern of always celebrating our wins first before we start to get hypercritical and start being our biggest critic.
0: Absolutely. And I think that taking a small step, especially in the new year, cannot be reiterated enough. I think that people have really great intentions when they set these huge goals for themselves. Um, But what I've noticed is that a big goal that's going to inevitably take me four, five, six months to get to, I am so pulled out of the present moment because I'm future tripping about where I'm supposed to be in six months. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like a daily journal practice or a weekly journal practice, something that can show you the progress over time. When you do get there six months from now, you've got to have all those micro wins. you mm-hmm. got to have all the steps in between where I am now and where I want to be. And I think that journaling allows us to measure that success, like you said. But it also gives us a really quiet time where we can be objective and look at what we've had to write. And more often than not, I've realized what I thought I wanted in six months. When I go back and I read through my journal – I've completely aligned values differently and it's a good time to sit down and reassess. Is that something that you do with your clients? Kind of like check in and have them like, are we still aligning with the goal? Are we still aligning with the values? And are we living in that, in that way?
1: Definitely. So that ability to create some segmentation throughout a a goal process is really important. So for a lot of my clients, usually our check-in day is usually around four to six weeks. Mm -hmm. So we've set that intention, we know what our goal or focus is, and we have that on the calendar. We know that we're gonna be checking in with ourselves and really having a much more um, bird's eye view of the situation, Mm -hmm. so that we can then be able to identify what is working, And what is not working because the things that are ultimately serving you, we want to be able to understand how to maintain those things and build more momentum. But then ultimately through that experience, we may thought that one direction was the right direction to go in. And then we go through that path and we realize, wow, we're walking on the wrong road. So to be able to then use that information to then adjust and reinforce the things that you need to do to be able to even take your game to the next level. Those are things that only come through that level of reflection. And especially in that dedicated space that you're providing yourself for assessment.
0: And I think having something on the calendar for six to eight weeks out also is, you know, adds in the element of accountability. So true. So how does that work into the work that you play?
1: Yeah. So to be able to then create that personal accountability, they know that that date is something that's going to be coming up right so then every day we're actively working towards making sure that that day is something that's reflective mm. of all the hard work that we're putting in mm. so we want to make sure that if you're seeing those that pattern that trend of yourself being able to see success or build momentum towards that goal that you're trying to achieve those are the things that really once again are reinforcing that level of confidence the level of motivation to be able to overcome challenges because now we see ourselves recognizing success and then being able to live it, that's going to be something that really just keeps us hungry for those next steps uh, to evolve.
0: Awesome. So outside of journaling, or um, if that's what you still want to go with, I I love that path too. is there something that listeners today can take home and start to implement moving into, you know, the second week of January?
1: Definitely. It's being able to bring in some support. Okay. Okay, so we have, uh, we are first of all humans that are needing connection. So for us, we're not trying to be on our own, we're not trying to just be on an island at times. We can do this with the support of others. So, being able to bring someone in on your team to be able to help you be at your best, hold you accountable, reinforce certain things that maybe are going to be important for you to consider, appreciate your wins with you, you know, all of those things are going to be heightened when we're able to bring someone in that we actually trust and someone that we can actually use as that accountability person. So, to be able to then get a fresh set of perspectives or ideas when things start to get awry or start to get a little stale, you know, all of those things are going to be possible if you you bring someone in the beginning. It's not bringing that person in when the actual trouble happens, right? Because there's no context. They don't understand your journey. They don't understand how far you've come. So it's really information that's not going to be as valuable for you. Mm -hmm. But if you have someone that you know, gets exactly what you're trying to achieve, really gets it though. And being able to then use that as that reinforcer or accountability, that's going to help you just feel that much more confident that you know that even if I take a misstep, someone's there to help me maybe find my path again.
0: I love that, and I think that you know there's this huge maybe it's because of Instagram influencers or whatever we've got going on. there's this idea that like we've got it, we've got to do it alone, right There's this American dream of working hard and letting it pay off, but at the end of the day, we're social beings yes, uh, you we really thrive off of connection, and so I think that the integration of both self reflection and being very honest and very objective the beauty of journaling is no one's going to read those pages but you exactly so you can be honest and objective and then bringing in that that support system whether it's a coach like yourself or a training partner or someone that you trust and can be vulnerable with, mm-hmm. but can also kind of call you on, on your stuff exactly. is so important. So how would you go about identifying that person?
1: Well, we should hopefully know who are, who's in our support network by now. <laughs> right. I mean, we would hope so, but you know, being able to then identify either someone who has some sort of background in what you're trying to achieve. So someone who may have some good insights for you, but the most, uh, I guess, easy place to go is always going to be your loved ones. Mm -hmm. So whether that's someone in your own home, someone that you get to see every single day, someone who can be that daily reminder is going to be probably most conducive. But once again, it doesn't have to necessarily be someone that we actually have a relationship with that's at that personal level. It can be someone at a a professional level. So someone like a coach, um, or even just bringing in your, your own, um, uh, training partner, Mm -hmm. So someone who's maybe here in the facility that you see every single day, someone that you've built a relationship with, because I know that's a big part of NC fit is the community. And so being able to even just use each other as an ability to hold each other accountable to the goals and focuses that you want to achieve, we have a community that's like minded. And so to be able to then use each other as that reinforcer is something that's already built in to this process you have this community already at your fingertips. So maybe identifying one person or you have a coach or someone that you see on a regular basis each week to be able just to make sure that they're monitoring and checking in with you. And everyone knows how good it feels when someone just checks in on you. Hey, how's your goal going? How's that focus going? Hey, how's this going? All of those things just make you feel heard and make you feel loved. And so those are things that are really important for us just to sustain motivation and confidence. So if you're able to then identify that person, you're going to be able to then really create that actively.
0: Find somebody, you guys. Use it. Utilize these tools. We've got, like Adam said, the most incredible community to be able to draw from. So, if people want to get a hold of you, if people want to get a hold of your work, where can where can our athletes find you?
1: Definitely. So, my website is AdamSportsPsych.com, and that's also my Instagram handle. It's Adam Sports Psych. So those are two areas where I post a lot of my information about just some content ideas to think about, but also my upcoming events and um, even some of my scores from the teams that I work with, especially when there's nice highlights. <laughs> it's always feels uh, like I'm a proud dad at times. There you go. Um, so you know, being able just to have that as a, as a platform for all of my work and you know, I have podcasts that I've done in the past as well that are up there. So being able just to access some of that prior information, um, those are the best two platforms. Um, for, for accessing me.
0: Great, and I will link all of those in the description, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in, and Adam, thanks so much for being here. This
1: was awesome, thank you so much. Yeah.